This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. Warrior. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Friday, 16 December, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Thank you. You're here for the early evening edition of War Room. we got two hours. It's going to be locked and loaded. Mike Howell from uh, Heritage Organization is going to join us talking about the amnesty bill and also about the border, what's happening down in El Paso, Texas. Uh, Christina Bob is going to be here. Breaking news coming out of Maricopa County. The judge has talked about some of the evidence there. We're going to get into the, uh, they've got a motion to desist hearing on the 19th, but he's actually talking and giving Kerry Lake's team access and some ballots. So we're going to see uh, all the details that Boris Epstein will also join us. President Trump put a truth social today uh, about uh, Mitch McConnell and the ominous bill. We're going to get into all of that. Plus, Matt Taibbi has put out a blockbuster look like thread about the FBI and uh, as a subs- <laughs> Twitter is a subsidiary of the FBI. Uh, we've got Mike Davis coming on. Mike Lindell was let back up on uh, Twitter today for the first time, and uh, we're going to break that at 6 o'clock, talk to you about the first tweet and Mike Lindell's response to it. Mike Davis trying to get Steve Cortez, big news in capital markets today, uh, and maybe even post on the FBI. So we're jammed for the next two hours, just strap in. I want to start off with Ron McDaniel. Ron was nice enough to join us leading up to the 2022 midterm. Ron, obviously this story coming out of Red State with the with the expenses and the FCC reports, all that. As people know, my phone's blowing up from both sides. People that support you, a lot of the people on the 168, also other people that have worked with you for years. And you've got many detractors, as you know, but that's politics. One thing, and I want to make sure we got this straight because I think there's some confusion. I want to make sure, and I appreciate you coming on to walk us through it. What I am told is that if you look at some of these expenses, and let's see the staff stuff out, but if you look at the expenses that have caught people's eyes, like the the um, the limos and the and the uh, private jets, and uh, and particularly this thing of the chachis or the mementos, that this you can tie this, and the way it's actually accounted for is that this was in in support of President Trump and President Trump's White House. Could you is that accurate or close to being accurate? And if it is, can you walk us through? exactly what what people are telling me what that means yeah exactly thanks steve thanks for having me on let's just break down this hit piece written by a client of my opponent but uh first of all it's 0.8 percent of the 1.5 billion that the rnc has raised over six years under my tenure but the vast majority of these expenses were hold, hold expenses- on, ha- 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 but hang on a second so, so i just want to go 1.5 billion billion was raised over this time and you're saying this accumulated came to 0.8% of that 8% less than 1% and you know steve it takes money to raise money but a vast majority of this is white house support and i i have to credit president trump with this uh, things like the White House Christmas parties, which we did 13 a year, or Hanukkah parties, where we did three a year, or Easter egg rolls, or the congressional picnic. The RNC paid for that to support the White House 
because he didn't want taxpayers to pay for it. And I think everyone should applaud that. Taxpayers shouldn't be paying for these things, and the RNC should. The Jets, that's the support staff going but, on Air hold, Force hold, One. But hang, 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 hang on, before, before we do that. You put on 13, because I want to make sure people get the details. Yeah. Look, you've been taking enough incoming, right? That Thank you. You, you, ought to have, you ought to have the opportunity to, to, to state your case. You put on 13 Christmas parties. Uh, Each year. For, for, for four years. Per Correct. year for four years, and you put on three Hanukkah parties uh, each. So that would be 16 parties for four years, right? So yep. uh, each, each year for four each. years. And the RNC paid for those? Correct. And the congressional picnic and the Easter egg rolls. Anything that the White House did, uh, donor uh, Christmas ornaments that the First Lady gave out, the First Lady's office worked with us. We created a budget. They were very frugal. Uh, the president, if you know him and you know him, Steve, and I know him, he does not like wasting money. And this is something that he raised into the RNC. We actually had an account called the White House Trust to support White House events. So of the roughly, uh, I think it's $17 million of the of the donor tchotchkes or whatever that yeah. categorization is, what percentage of that just so people can get clear, what percentage of that is in direct support of the White House as far as functions go, whether that's Easter egg hunts, Christmas parties, cards, ornaments, whatever? What's what's the total? I'd say 60 to 70 percent. And then some of that is our small donor gifts that we give to people that raise money or give us money online and they get a pin or a cup or books. You know, we did do President yeah. Trump's book. Those are and they're fundraising uh, gifts that we give for small dollars. They would be premiums. You you buy the book from whoever. You get the gift, and then you, if you give a hundred bucks, you get a, you get a membership exactly. plus a book, something like that. What's and this premiums. is again okay, over six years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to go to well, let's talk about this. Harmeet brought it up the other day, and then Mike Lindell's on top of it. And it is a number that strikes people in business being high, but I'm I'm sure it's something people don't understand. So let's explain it. They said the numbers show, I think Harmeet shows that 40, it takes you 40% of overhead or 40% of costs to raise the, the, the money. So for every dollar that comes in, 40 cents goes to the raising of the money, 60 cents goes to the RNC or goes to actually apply uh, to, to campaigns and the other activities you have, uh, voter uh, turnout, get at the vote, um, registration, legal, all of that. Is that number an accurate number? No, it's not. And I just told you the numbers they just put forward uh, in this hit piece, which of course they put out at midnight, didn't reach out to us, uh, trying to skew numbers, which is just unfortunate because why it's unfortunate with Armid is she's on the executive committee for the RNC. We have a budget. Hang, hang, we have a but hang on a second. Are you saying, are you saying the red state author, Jennifer Van Lair, either got bad numbers or interpret it wrong or willingly it, you think confuse things to make you look bad? Oh, I think that it's, it's a, it's a hit piece, Steve. It's a hit piece. I mean, there's, there's ample time to reach out and say, what is this? The building expenses. Yes. We have security in front of our building. You know why? Cause there was a bomb in front of our building on January 6th, which a lot of people forget that that was the first thing that happened that day was a bomb right outside the RNC, which by the way, they've never caught the perpetrator of that. Uh, yeah. I'm going to make sure my staff secure. Uh, everybody should be doing that. And uh, again, the vast majority of those expenses were support of the White House and President Trump. So 
you know, Harmeet sits on exec committee. She votes on these budgets. We file an FEC report every single month. She had ample opportunity to ask these questions and clarify. And I think that's what's upsetting to members of the 168 who are grassroots. These are not Washington insiders. These are door knockers. These are people who are volunteers. They give to their state. They're elected at conventions. They have oversight on the committee. They take it very, very seriously. And it's not just me that they're they're hurting. They're hurting the membership and the RNC. And that's what's so wrong when you can ask a question and clarify because there are explanations for all of this. Have the uh, let's talk about the the uh, flights for a second because then I want to ask sure. an overall question and combine them. Tell me about the flight three million dollars for 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 jets over what four years five yeah. years. You know, uh, a lot of that is White House support as well. So if we had staff that flew on Air Force One or say somebody from the Trump campaign had to fly to an event, that all had to be reimbursed. And sometimes they have to fly private jet. Right now, if President Trump comes to an event for the RNC, he has to fly private. That He can't do that on his own dime. That would be an in-kind contribution. So the RNC pays that. Um, If President Trump's going to come to an event for us, which he did last year in New Orleans, for example, and he's going to raise a million dollars, absolutely, we're going to charter a plane for him and and bear that expense. It's worth it. Um, I fly Delta. I fly American. I fly United. (laughs) I fly JetBlue and Southwest. I can show you my million million miler status on Delta. So um, we, uh, the majority of those expenses, again, were White House support. Have you, so if you had that in White House support and it went to the congressional, uh, you know, picnic and went to the um, the Easter egg roll and went to these 16 parties per Christmas slash holiday period over four years. Had you ever bundled it up and explained that to the executive committee or to the 168 so that make sure there was no confusion that they could ever come out, that somehow somebody could aggregate the number up of uh, $17 million, which you would admit looks like a big number, kind of takes people back. Have Had you guys ever bundle like that? Or had you ever gone back to President Trump and say, hey, look, I just want to make sure you understand something. I know you're a guy who counts every penny. Here's what we're spending on these Christmas parties. I just want to run it by you and the First Lady. Well, we certainly did a budget with the First Lady every year on the Christmas parties and the Christmas cards that went out and all of that. But, you know, every year, every quarter, the RNC meets and we go through our budget. Uh, We go through that and, and we also file an FEC report every month. Listen, this the intent of this, Steve, is to hurt the RNC. The intent is to mislead. And it's coming from one of our members, which who sits on the executive committee, and she could have clarified, but she chose to engage in a hit piece. So this is really harmful as we're heading into 2024. I'm proud of what the RNC does. I'm proud of the state parties. And what they do leave out is that $263 million of the RNC dollars have been transferred to straight state parties to help with their get out the vote, vote effort. 53 million spent on legal bills. All the things we did this last cycle on election integrity. I am proud of what the RNC has done. And you know what, Steve, there's been a lot of changes in my tenure. I think you'd appreciate the fact that we just stepped out of the commission on presidential debate. I think a lot of people forget that the RNC is the entity that sued the January 6th committee and the only one that won. I think people forget that we uh, censured Liz Cheney that we had our first county chair training, that we actually engaged in 80 election integrity lawsuits. And I'll just name one. In the city of New York, where they passed a law to allow non-citizens to vote. Imagine that, non-citizens to vote in elections. It's the RNC that raised the money to go sue 
in New York. So 900,000 non-citizens couldn't vote in this past election. And we picked up House seats there probably because we did the right thing on election integrity. And the list goes on and on and on. The, the community centers that we've put out in Black, Asian, and Hispanic districts. Ask Monica De La Cruz about how effective that was in her district in Texas 15 or Juan Siscomani in Arizona. These are change things that the RNC has brought under my tenure, but it's happened with the membership. And I'm going to defend the 168 every day. They are grassroots. They are not DC backroom insiders, and they deserve that respect from other members. And I hope everybody knows how hard these members work. Do you, do you, are you are you saying that Harmeet, you think, that did not show respect for her other executive committee members in the 168 by either working with, and by the way, the the author, I asked her point blank, had she talked to Harmeet beforehand or run this by her? And she said, at least she said on TV, on this show that she had not. But do you well, think she is Harmeet, a client of Harmeet's and they're friends and they did endorse her. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine that there wasn't that, but I'll, I'll, I'll let her, her words stand. I don't know her. Listen, the, she's gone on TV and said, members are supporting me because I'm giving them bribes. Uh, that's, that's, insulting to a lot of members. I mean, these are people who knock doors. You know, Steve, there's so a lot the, of people outside the, the, the arena. The, 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 so these the, these allegations that the, some state party uh, people are having their legal picked up and that's why they're supporting you, that that's inaccurate? That is inaccurate. Of course, we pick up a lot of state parties legal. We've been doing this for years and we did it before this race. And so it's it's impugning the character of people who work hard. And you know, Steve, there's a lot of people outside the arena that have never knocked a door that have never registered a voter, that have never done a phone bank. I do those things. People forget I'm a grassroots chair. You know this. I was a grassroots chair in Michigan. I begged President Trump to come to my state. I thought it was a flyover state. Uh, I knocked doors. I'm a mom. I care deeply about it. I was a precinct delegate. I was a state committee woman. I was a national committee woman. And then I was a state chair. And we won Michigan for the first time in 30 years because I'm a doer. I know how to raise money. I know how to organize. And I see a lot of people taking shots at the RNC. Well, let's talk about what the RNC did this cycle. We won the popular vote. We turned out 3 million more voters. If you applied this turnout to a presidential race, we would have won the White House with 297 electoral uh, votes. Uh, the RNC is a turnout operation. We're a grassroots operation. We don't do TV and we don't pick the candidates. And that's in our bylaws. But I also think that's important that we don't pick the candidates because the voters should what, pick the candidate. What, g given you get six million more, uh, why do you think it's so much animosity when you talk to the gr grassroots people, the precinct strategy people, and even when you hear Mark, a guy like Mark Levin, who I know you think very highly of, Mark Levin, Laura Ingram, Tucker, these people, quite frankly, going after the RNC, but particularly going after you. W what is the disconnect from you coming from, as a grassroots from Michigan now people are saying, hey, you're not grassroots. You represent the elite. The, the, the RNC is detached. Um, where do you think that comes from? Well, I think it's being stirred up. I think there's misinformation being stirred up for people who frankly don't know what the RNC does. I mean, you had John Rich on your show today. He's talking about our TV buys. We don't do TV. The RNC doesn't do TV, right? We are the turnout machine. Uh, we don't pick the candidate. We're not the consultant class. I'm fine taking on the consultant class. I'm glad to do that. My first race was my mom's race. We had no money uh, when she ran for Senate in 1994, and she went against all the D.C. elite. I know firsthand what that's from. That is my background. Uh, so I get that, but I think there's a lot of misinformation, and I think it's being spun up, do you think part, and it's do you being think directed part of the, unfairly. Do you think, 
Do you, th- do you think part of it is that the message doesn't get out? Let, let's take Nevada. There's been some back and forth in Nevada. But the key thing is that in Nevada, when you had these uh, Rick Grinnell, Ambassador Grinnell called people like Kurt Schlichter and, 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 and Matt Schlapp and others that come to Nevada, there wasn't a lot already done prior to the Nevada situation. What about the argument that the RNC should have been on top of more things in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Nevada, in Arizona, so that when twenty twenty when they stole it in twenty twenty, we would have been better prepped. You know, you the stuff would have been done a hundred days beforehand, so we could we could have jumped on it and turned around some of these states like Georgia and Arizona, which should have been. Well, Steve, you and I've talked about this a lot, and you know this better than anyone. The RNC was under a consent decree that prevented us from doing election day operations in 2020. This is the first cycle we've been able to do that. We shifted 60,000 shifts of poll watchers. We had lawyers on the ground in 39 states, but we were not able to do that in 2020 because we were still under a court-ordered consent decree. So this is the first cycle we've been able to do that. So I think it's an unfair criticism of the RNC, but you can ask Rick Grinnell and others when they needed staff on the ground to go knock doors and get affidavits after 2020 election, the RNC funded that. So I'm not going to get in the back and forth. I'm I'm about all hands on deck. We need to start bringing together everybody if we're going to win in 2024. And this party bashing and this attacking and this scorched earth method that we're seeing from some others is is hurting our efforts to win back the Senate and the House. And I think everybody, uh, you know, is lumping everybody together or or all, everybody in D.C. together. And the RNC is a grassroots organization. And if you look at the body of our work and what we've done with the lawsuits, with election integrity, with community centers, with voter registration. I mean, remember, we just flipped voter reg in Florida for the first time in the history with more Republicans than Democrats. We were engaged in voter reg in North Carolina. We do all the non-sexy stuff. So I'm not a TV personality. You're right. I didn't go to college with Laura Ingram 20, for, and be friends with her for 25 years. I'm not on TV every day. I'm out knocking doors and doing work. Why? And why? Money. Why are you not? Why are you not on? I, I'm stunned to find out why are you not on Fox in primetime more, ma'am. Why, why is you're chairman of the RNC? MSNBC has the 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 Democratic chairman on every other night or frequently. Why are you not on Fox more? Uh, I am. I mean, Laura Ingram had me on right before the election and said I was a groundbreaking chair that she'd never seen the efforts that we've done for the community centers. Even Harmeet was praising our election integrity effort right before the election and the RNC. I can send you the clips. So I'm on. But I'll tell you what, Steve, I'm traveling all the time. I am always raising money. It takes money to fuel the mission. You don't have 80 lawsuits if you don't have money. Guess who knows that? My opponent, who we paid $1.3 million to. Uh, she's the only RNC member who actually received payments from the RNC. So you don't do it without raising money. And I'm traveling all the time. That's why we had a spokesperson. Guess who the spokesperson was my first two years? Kaylee McEnany, my dear friend. We have spokespeople. We put them out. But I have to get out, uh, do the work to raise the money, to win these elections, fuel the ground game, fuel the voter reg, fuel the election integrity, fuel the community centers. And it takes a lot of work and time. What? Um... Let's go back. I want to go back and make sure just it's clear about this 40%. Is it 40% of every dollar generally, not 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 the 0.8% on, on these expenses, but the overall expenses, 40%, because Harmeet said it, and now Mike Lindell's picked it up. Is it yeah, 40%? Yeah, I mean, because he's Is saying it because Harmeet's saying it. I think that's a total misinterpretation because 
the building, they may be including building staff, but our data staff supports every state party. Our digital staff is helping the state party. Our legal staff is working around the clock right now. I mean, everybody is, we're working on Maricopa County right now. We're in the Abe Havana um, suit. You're, you're, you're saying that it's an allocation of overhead, that if people looked at this, that if it was I don't know how she's finding allocating. I don't know how she's fi- putting her numbers together, but I'm sure it's in the most, um, you know, uh, I don't think it's in the most flattering way. But again, Steve, she sat on the RNC on exec committee. She's had ample opportunity in every meeting when she passes a budget to ask these questions. And it's not like expenses are done in a vacuum. We have a budget committee, we have a budget chair, we have a treasurer. Uh, the members take this very seriously and we file reports every month. Uh, you know, I see a lot of outside groups attacking the RNC right now. I would challenge anybody coming on your show, open up your book, show us your transparency. What did you spend money on this cycle? How much did you pay yourself? Did any of you use private jets? How many voters did you register? I will defend the RNC every day because we're actually out there working and doing things. Uh, to turn out the vote. And there's a lot of people taking shots right now that are unwarranted and are being stirred up by people who don't do the work, but are really good at pointing fingers. Let, let me, the, the question about the staff uh, expenses, the the box at the Raiders game, uh, Mark Levin went through it, the the thing at Salamander, all these staff functions. Yeah, it's just uh, ridiculous. They- Listen, the Salamander one, let's just take the Salamander. We had a donor retreat plan in in Virginia. We put a deposit down. COVID came. So guess what? We had the money. We used it for an NRSC retreat and we did a staff training there because we had to use the money or we were going to lose it. Again, simple questions that could have asked by people, been asked by people that wanted to keep this private and say, how do I clarify this? But instead they used it as ammunition to try and create dissension and distrust of the RNC. And it's really hurtful to the members and to the people who give so much time and treasure to the RNC that this is being done in a way uh, publicly when it could have been a simple question asked. Is by- there, would you be open to, uh, with the 168 or a broader audience in a town hall, would you be open to, to having Harmeet and Mike Lindell, the two people that have thrown their hat in the ring, to, to do a Q&A, to do it like a debate and to, and to defend your record of accomplishments. I'm always happy to talk your... to the 168. I'm always happy to talk to the 168. So I'm talking to them every day. And Steve, this is- But would you, do, would you be open spoke. to do it, to get it clear, would you be open to do it in a more public forum? So this stuff not, could be aired- I'm interested and you could... in doing things in front of the 168. That's what I'm interested in doing. Okay. Um what what other where should our audience because as you know people are we're a grassroots uh, show to make sure they fully understand your record and to make sure they understand the facts not has been spun by either side where do you recommend they go what, what's the best place for people to go and say hey if you want to find out about what ron has accomplished you want to see what the real numbers are go here and you'll be able to find it where where, where would you send them you know, I'll get a website up and I'll make sure that I'll give you a location for them to go see that. Because I'm I'm okay. so proud of the 168. These are hardworking volunteer people who are being disparaged. They're being doxxed. All of their emails have been getting been given out. They have been attacked. Um, they're getting vile voicemails from people not even from their home state. And it's really not fair. You know, if you're mad at, at, at TV ads or other things, actually it's not fair to attack the RNC, the grassroots people who do go knock the doors, who are out there in the rain, who 
who are working hard to recruit volunteers every single day. I'm so proud of our members and I'm proud of the RNC and our staff and what we do. Um, last question. If we approach, if we reach out to President Trump's team down in Florida, would they back up the statements? That, are they familiar that the fact that this money went to underwrite things at his White House, his presidency, the Easter egg roll, and the people on the planes? So if, if we were to reach out to officially, sure. not informally. Yeah, yeah. They sure. would back I up. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We will do that. Arana, uh, where do people get you on social media? I'm sure people are going to want to make contact or follow you. Maybe blow you. Maybe oh, I think they've all up. found it's, me. Look, it's, hey, you guys, you know, yeah, be kind. I heard I heard one of your, your guests today was taking pot shots at my looks. Hey, stay above the belt. All right, let's not do that to other women. As you know, I tried to calm that down. But uh, and by the way, the John Rich thing, I was, I, was, I, was playing the, I was playing the Tucker. We played the Tucker interview in its entirety. Um, but look, you, there's a, this Steve, you got, know, we don't do TV. This has gotten, the qu- thing is, this has gotten you quite know he- heated. Yeah. yeah. You know what the RNC does and you know that the infrastructure the RNC built was critical to Donald Trump's win. And this is what we're doing right now. And if you keep attacking it, it won't be there for 2024. It won't be there for 2020 for the winning back the house and the Senate. And we're on track to do that. Yeah. The one thing I can probably guarantee is this is going to go up all the way to the 23rd, whenever the vote is. So we would like to be able to have, we'd like to have you be able to have you back on. Uh, Ron, I love that. And, uh, okay. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks, you coming Steve. on. Appreciate it. Ronna McDaniel. Um, by the way, give as good as you get. We're going to have Mike Lindell is going to be on six. We're going to reach out to Harmeet. Uh, so we're jammed. I got Mike Howell at Heritage. We're going to take a short break. I got Mike Howell at Heritage about amnesty. I've got Christina Bob, or we have Christina Bob, on this breaking news out of Maricopa County. We have Boris Epstein, the president today, really got engaged. We're putting up some great stuff today. We're going to get into all of that. Short commercial break. Mike Hall of Heritage, tip of the spear on amnesty. I think he's got some good news for us next in the war room. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, the deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bandon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Post Stephen K. Bannon. Okay. And understand people in the audience um, are coming a little hot. We try to play it straight here. We ask the tough questions of both of them. I just want to make sure everybody understands. This comes from Susie Wiles, who is the essentially the campaign director and chief of staff for President Trump. And I want to quote, and if Denver can put it up on the screen, 
Much of the spending currently being discussed in the RNC leadership race came at the direction of the White House. Those spreading falsehoods are doing so to use this as a weapon against Ronna McDaniel and are being misleading and disingenuous, end quote. Let me just repeat that. This is from President Trump's right-hand person. Quote, much of the spending currently being discussed in the RNC leadership race came at the direction of the White House. Those spreading falsehoods are doing so to use this as a weapon against Ronna McDaniel and are being misleading and disingenuous, end quote. We'll get that up on the screen. Look, this thing's going to get, it's already nasty. It's going to get nastier. It's going to get more intense and it's going to go all the way up to the 23rd. So strap in. But we're going to give both sides ample opportunity to defend their positions and put forward other positions. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more coming out on this. Let me go to Mike Howe uh, over at uh, Heritage. Mike, can you give us an update on amnesty? We want to know, I'm hearing that it might have been blunted and a lot of that work and a lot of the thanks is to what you guys have done at Heritage. Can you can you tell us what's going on? Right. So about a couple of weeks ago, Senator Tillis and Senator Sinema announced they had reached a framework agreement on a massive amnesty deal. Uh, they never even got around to rolling out the tax because this thing got uh, slaughtered from all sides. Uh, we were happy to Heritage play a big role in it. Basically, what they wanted to do was they announced amnesty for about $2 million. Uh, if you kind of read into their framework, it would have gone up to $10 million. So this is the biggest amnesty in American history by far. And then they were purporting to have some small border security fixes. But what in reality they actually aimed to do was set up massive illegal alien welcoming centers at the border. So basically it would work in the future like this. An illegal alien would come to the border, immediately be processed in one of these massive facilities, and then be dispersed around the country. And so they thought this was a border security fix, wasn't anything close, wasn't a serious effort. Uh, Credit to a lot of the outside groups, our partners at Federation for American Immigration Reform, FAIR, Numbers USA, America First Policy Institute, et cetera. Everybody smelled this as you know being an absolute fraud all over it. Uh, the grassroots lit up the phone lines, and it never got out of the gate. Tillis couldn't get one other Republican even say something nice about it. So much credit for uh, people holding the line. By the way, that's all those phone calls, and this is what makes it happen. Talk to me about what's happening. You saw this thing. We had uh, Todd Bensman on today about the Remain in Mexico, but the Biden administration has already stripped it down. What is Heritage, Heritage anticipating's anticipate going to happen on the 21st of December? How bad is it going to be? And what can uh, leaders up here on Capitol Hill do about it? Right. So the, the comparison I use right now is the border is a terminally ill patient on life support. By getting rid of Title 42, it's essentially the Biden administration ripping out the cord and pushing the gurney down the staircase. It's going to be a disaster. There, I'm getting intelligence reports that some facilities in Mexico are who've been holding tens and tens of thousands of people uh, due to Title 42 are just going to release them and surge them to the border. So we're going to see a wave unlike anything we've seen. And keep in mind, we've been living month after month with record numbers we've never seen before. So we're going to just this crisis is going to absolutely explode right over uh, over Christmas. And what can congressional leaders do? Well, it's pretty obvious, right? You don't fund this stuff. You hold the administration accountable. But they're doing the exact opposite. Here in the swamp, there's a big omnibus bill that they're trying to pass that would give the Department of Homeland Security billions of dollars to continue implementing these things. Why are they doing such a thing? Uh, It would take away the ability of next Congress, the incoming folks that were elected to actually assert some leverage through funding. The only reason this is happening is because Senator Shelby, who's the uh, Republican appropriations chair, has enough pork in there that he can retire on as a nice little send off 
gift to himself to get some more buildings named after him in Alabama. Uh, it does no good for the American people. By the way, when you did this thing, uh, when you did this study with uh, with the NGOs, I think 35 and had the cell phones, you see how they're going all the way through the country. So this is every town's a border town. All, all those NGOs essentially are primarily funded through the U.S. government through this omnibus bill. Is that correct, sir? Correct. I think the number is $720 billion, last I checked. They want to give this money to FEMA to then grant out to these NGOs. That is a lot of money. I mean, you could solve this border crisis for 50 cents at Kinko's if you just printed the executive orders and changed the policy. This is a policy-made crisis. It doesn't take money to fix. It takes uh, keeping Title 42, remain in Mexico, uh, actually turning back on ICE because they shut down ICE so illegal aliens know if they get into the interior, they're not getting removed. All these things are just policy. Mike, how do people follow you guys at Heritage uh, to stay on top of this? On Twitter and Getter, it's just at Heritage. I'm at MHAL Tweets. Uh, Mike, thank you so much. Great job. I want to give everybody the number because we know that this is having an impact. You see it in the Hill stories. You see it in the political stories. 202-224-3121 is the Senate. 202-225-3121 is the House. So it's 224 for the Senate, 225 for the House. Make sure you call, particularly on the Senate side, because they've got to break filibuster. They need 10. They need 10 Republican collaborators. Do I have Christina Bob up? Yes. Yeah, okay, let's go to Christina Bob. Got Boris Christina Bob. Christina, uh, breaking news out of Maricopa County. Uh, yep. A lot of people got very excited when they first saw this. Uh, walk us through exactly what the judge said today and how big a deal is this? Right. So in the complaint, Carrie Lake requested uh, access to the ballots to be able to inspect them. That's actually part of the statute under which she sued the election contest. And according to the statute, she has a right to inspect a sampling of the ballots. It's not a lot. I want to say it's maybe 50. It's a very small number, but it's a sampling. And each side gets to appoint someone to go and inspect all together. You know, it's all done in accordance with the statute. The judge granted that request today, which is good. But I would say it's basically just in line with the statute. So it's a good indication in the sense that he followed the law and did what the law requires. But it's not, it, it, he didn't have to make an opinion or, or weigh the facts to make this decision. It was written in black letter law. He followed it. They get to inspect. And then on Monday, the 19th, they have a motion to dismiss. The defendants, Maricopa County, Katie Hobbs, and, and the remaining defendants want to file motions to dis or have filed motions to dismiss. Carrie Lake's team is responding to them tomorrow, and then those will be heard on Monday. And I know if that motion to dismiss gets granted, then the ballot inspection obviously becomes moot. So it's it's kind of a weird order in which these things are going, but because it's such a jammed timeline, the judge said, I know you and I talked about this, but the judge said, recognizing that defendants are confident in their position the court nonetheless cannot put off all pretrial discovery on the expectation that the case will be dismissed. So he's basically saying, I know defendants are very confident. They think that this case is going to get dismissed, but I can't delay it just because you think you're going to win. So here's the, here's the point, though, is that this is the first time, even if you go to appeal, this is a big deal that you actually get to go. This is the first. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're the lawyer that's been on this right. and you wrote the book about it. You've been on the from the first time on, you know, November 4th, 2020, whether that was in Pennsylvania or Michigan or Arizona oh, yeah. or Nevada. 
Um, is this the first time we've really gotten to a, an evidentiary stage that actually somebody's going to go in a court process? And I understand it's before the motion to dismiss is argued. Right. Right. But is this the first time that actually somebody's going to actually go look at evidence and, and put their hands on evidence? So actually, it actually happened in Michigan in 2020. Matt DiPerno's team was able to go and inspect some of the machines and inspect some of the process there. So to my knowledge, this is the second time that it has happened. Um, there may have been some other smaller cases. If you remember Antrim County, Michigan, everybody got all yep, yep. spun up about it. That happened yep. there. So we're at the Antrim County, Michigan phase right now where the plaintiff side is actually allowed to go look at some of this evidence. And then on Monday, we'll find out if that evidence gets to be presented in court where the public can assess it. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a, a crunched timeline, but I will say the evidence in this case is so solid. I don't know how a court could dismiss it. We've got emails from the secretary of state slash Democrat candidate colluding with Twitter and the federal government to censor political speech, election speech. You've got the Maricopa County recorder colluding with Twitter and the federal government to censor election speech, to manipulate the outcome of this election. You've got an expert witness saying that the machine, the an expert who has uh, certified these machines for the last nine years, saying that they're lawful to use and that they're in good working condition, saying that the error that occurred on election day, because we saw how many Republicans were disenfranchised because over half the machines broke on election day, that error was intentional. You have a whistleblower from Runback, the ballot company that says over 300, or excuse me, approximately 300,000 ballots were illegally asserted inserted into the tally, not coming from drop boxes, not coming from polling locations, but just being brought in by employees, not within the lawful chain of custody. I mean, there's so much evidence in this case. I don't see how a court can dismiss it. So I, I think Carrie survives on Monday, but we'll see. The, the, real quickly, what the judge allowed today, what will actually happen? Do you know technically what happens about these ballots, the inspection? How right. will that take place between now and, and Monday? So I don't know that the actual inspection will be completed by Monday. I think each side is going to have to nominate their person. The court asked for names. Who do you want your person to be to go inspect the ballots? I know Carrie Lake's team has their you know, forensic expert that they'll nominate. The county gets to do that as well. So those names will be put forward. And then whenever the court appoints it or whenever the, the parties can agree, I would expect early next week. Uh, they will go and get to see the sampling of the ballots and do their their testing or whatever it is that they're doing. And then they can use that information in the trial because the trial date has been set for the 21st and 22nd. And they'll use it at that time to present to the court. Just given the, the schedule here, because this will be both either side will appeal. Right. And it'll right. appeal all the way up to the Arizona Supreme Court. Just yeah. given, I think. The inauguration day is is uh, is Monday the second. Is right. there enough time here over the holidays actually to get this done? Is 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 your belief they're going to have to delay the inauguration just to 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 um to get to all this? Uh, I don't know what they'll do with the inauguration. I don't expect this to be wrapped up by the second. But I know that there's case history in Arizona where someone was inaugurated and then the contest, the election contest, was successful and that governor was removed from office. So there is history for this. I'm, I'm not too worried about uh, whether Katie Hobbs gets inaugurated or not. As long as Katie Lake, I'm sorry, as long as Carrie Lake wins her contest, she'll be inaugurated. And whether Katie Hobbs has to step down or what the situation is, 
I'm not, I'm not too worried about that, but I, I expect Carrie Lake to have a very solid showing in this case and hopefully be the governor of Arizona. And overall today, you say this is a good day for uh, Team Kerry Lake? Well, I would say any day where the court's not throwing us out is a good day. So, yes, I'll take it as a win. But to be fair, I think the judge was just impartially applying the law. And this was a, a pretty clear, clear-cut case, and he followed it to the T. So I think it's good. Perfect. Uh, how do people get to you? Uh, how do they get to the book and how do they get to your social media? Yes, thank you. You can uh, pre-order Stealing Your Vote on Amazon. It's available in January. And then you can find me on Getter and Truth at Christina Bob or uh, Instagram and Twitter, Christina underscore Bob. Christina Bob, thank you very much. Honored to have thank you on you. Here. Thanks for taking time away today. Okay, we're going to take a short break. We have Boris up, a lot to get through. We're going to Michael Seifert is going to join us. Of course, we have Mike Lindell. He's back to uh, We've got Mike Davis is going to uh, jump in here and talk to us about this explosive allegation coming out of uh, Matt Taibbi uh, about the Twitter files. This is about being a wholly owned subsidiary of the FBI. We're going to get into all of it next in the war room. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com public, the word, the letters S Q 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com and download the app today totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. You're in the war room. I want to make sure everybody, tpusa.com slash war room. Get, it's this weekend in Monday and Tuesday. The worm we're going to be out there in full force doing the show live. Mike Lindell's going to be out there. Senator Hawley, MTG, Candace Owens, uh, Tucker Carlson, everybody. We're going to be doing the, sh- the show live. We're going to do meet and greets. We got the entire production crew out there, so you get to meet them. Really excited. Go to tpusa.com/worm right now to get your tickets. We want to see you out there in the meet and greets, and they'll be doing hangouts, limited hangouts. How does that sound? Uh, Boris Epstein, very, uh, very powerful day today. The president did a couple of things. Number one, he went and talked and we'll get this footage up in a second. He went and addressed, I think, looked like 300, 400 rabbis uh, down yes, in sir. South Florida. I want to talk. I want to talk about that. He also gave an incredible uh, interview to Breitbart, right, uh, that we'll talk about that. He then put up, uh, which is dear to our heart. A true social that put Mitch McConnell on blast and any collaboration Republicans that would even think of, would even think of supporting the omnibus bill. And he laid it out very specifically. Uh, and then we got, of course, the Matt Taibbi thing is breaking right now. And Matt Taibbi, I just want to read this before I bring Boris in. Boris, I know you haven't seen this, but Matt Taibbi, and Matt Taibbi is no Trump, he's no Trumpanista. He's not. Uh, I would say, I wouldn't say he's a hater, but he's, you know, a liberal left-wing guy at Rolling Stone. This is his tweet. And by the way, he's the Twitter files next phase is called, I think Twitter is a subsidiary of the FBI is a subsidiary of the FBI. Here's his quote right here, Matt. uh, Here's his quote. Instead of chasing child sex predators or terrorists, the FBI has agents, lots of them, analyzing and mass flagging social media posts, not as part of any criminal investigation, but as a permanent end in itself surveillance operation. People should not be okay with this. Let's start with that blockbuster right there, Boris Epstein. Um, Is this prove our theory of the case that the FBI and the Justice Department was directly involved in an effort to take down President Trump and remove him from office, either through impeachment or remove him from office through denying him his massive victory, sir? Steve, a thousand percent yes. A thousand percent yes. What this proves is that the FBI, working with big tech, working with Democrats and other bad actors, did all they could, broke any law they could, absolutely subverted the will of the American people, rigged and stole the 2020 election and stole it from the American people. That's what this proves again. And hey, now how much more proof could anyone need, right? 
Now we've had about 15 rounds of irrefutable, incontrovertible truth. And that we know for a fact. Boris, this is this is this this actually blows me away when a liberal like my Toby, who's been in the files, instead of chasing child sex predators or terrorists, the FBI has agents, lots of them analyzing and mass flagging social media posts, not as part of any criminal investigation, but as a permanent end in itself surveillance operation. People should not be okay with this. This is a game changer. What they're finding in Twitter right now is a game changer, sir. It is a, it is, here's what I would say, Steve. I wouldn't say it's a game changer. I'd say it's a game ender. That's it. No more games, no more jokes, no more questions. That is now absolutely without doubt that this election was stolen and the top levels of law enforcement were a part of it. And we've got to end, we've got to end weaponization of law enforcement, targeting the political enemies by law enforcement, and we've got to end meddling in our elections by law enforcement and those who they collude with, including, of course, big tech, Twitter being a prime culprit. Look, there's no conspiracy, but the no coincidence, brother. How do you put in context that President Trump came out with that seven minute video yesterday that essentially takes Matt Taibbi's warning and says, hey, I have a solution. That's pretty stunning on the timing of it. Is it not, sir? As you say, Steve, no coincidences. No conspiracies, no coincidences. I think it is clear as day to President Trump, it's clear to to, to MAGA, it's clear to all American people, that censorship, meddling, and overreach by big tech are now damaging our country to its very core. And President Trump is going to do all he can to fight that, everything in his power now and everything in his power once he's back in the Oval Office at the latest, Jan 20, 2025. Uh, we got a couple of minutes here. The, the rabbis and the Breitbart um, uh, interview, incredible interview over Breitbart, uh, are of a piece. Tell us about that. Steve, I had the honor of being there in the room today. Uh, President Trump speaking to a group of distinguished rabbis from all over the country. There's about 300 people at least there in the room. I, I counted, and I'm going to give you off by a couple, maybe even more than this. I counted at least eight standing ovations for President Trump on everything from the Abraham Accords to combating anti-Semitism to releasing Rubashkin. President Trump delivering a powerhouse speech to the Jewish community today at Doral in Miami and South Florida, and then having an interview with Matt Boyle, you know, real honey badger of Breitbart, a true vintage interview among across all issues, across all policies, today hitting specifically that there is no room for Nick Fuentes, no room for discussing anti-Semites in NAGA, no room for anti-Semites in the Republican Party or in America as a whole. And then sort of going on to talk about what we need to do to, to bring our country back from the brink. And then, of course, Steve, that powerful post this morning from President Trump calling on all Republicans to not allow for Mitch McConnell to continue to destroy our economy, to stand against this disgusting boondoggle of an omnibus and hold out until Republicans are in control of the House on January 3rd. Uh, Boyles, how do people get to you? Because there's a lot of activity going on. they got to keep up the speed. they got to be on your social media. Where do they go? Steve, we're having a good time. President Trump is firing on all cylinders. We're proud of what we are putting out there. The video yesterday, the truth post today, and this powerhouse speech by President Trump. We're all on offense all day long. My information, BorisCP.com's website, hot on BorisCP, hot at BorisCP on uh, Getter, hot on Bor- at BorisCP on Twitter, hot at Boris on True Social, and of course, the hottest on the ground, Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless. And especially proud to say this today, Shabbat Shalom.
<laughs> Thank you very much, Boris. Uh, talk to you tomorrow night. Okay, um, Michael, next we're going to take a short break. We're going to be back with the second hour in Battleground. Michael Seifert from Public SQ. The Mike Lindell, he's back on Twitter. He's going to be here with us. Mike Davis is going to break it all down to you, particularly this FBI situation. Back in a moment. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication, and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store, so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone, 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only $99.95 plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to sat, that's S-A-T, 123.com sat 123.com slash Bannon and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's sat 123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.